Today's message, Trinity Lutheran Church in Logansport, Indiana. The gospel is John 14, verses 1 to 14. Preaching on this gospel, as we have just heard, reminds me that we too are living in troubled times. Maybe fearful as the disciples were in ages of old. The other thing I've heard also is that people are wishing for the end times to come quickly, for all this to be over, for Jesus to come and claim his final reign. Well, these statements are not false. I'm not sure if it was what Jesus meant when he told his disciples in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. As believers, we always look to the return of Christ with great expectation and anticipation. But a sense of peace, a sense of untroubledness, isn't only a future promise, it is now. It is real. You see, Jesus told his disciples later on in chapter 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He didn't say, my peace I will give sometime to you. Now, today, he's promising peace here and now. When I'm filled with anxiety or gut-wrenching worry over something, like whether or not bills will be paid or whether I will get or friends or family will get a virus, or how to respond when family relationships get tense and fall apart. Or what to do when there doesn't seem to be enough time in the day. And some of the most important things just seem to be laid aside and slip through the cracks. It's hard to think of Christ's return as a present comfort. Yet Jesus means for us to look at present troubles and to long for his return simultaneously. And he does not wish that we be immediately removed from these situations. You see, this peace or this lack of trouble in our hearts, he gives to us so that we can withstand what the world gives. We can withstand the troubles that we endure every day. Yes, the waters are troubled. Our boat seems so small and the seas are so rough. But you know, it just seems to be part of life. We're troubled by both big things and small things. But Jesus tells us not to let our hearts be troubled. Now, how do we do that? You see, when there is trouble, there is real trouble. And we kind of go into this fight or flight kind of syndrome. And along with that, we see situations that really trouble us and our hearts are broken, but we're kind of at kind of some sort of um, either risk for attending to those or at a loss, similarly, for what to do. Well, 
I came across a few years back um, four ways and written by Tamara Chamberlain and, and she suggests four ways to handle troubled hearts. So I took the four ways and I'm trying to apply it now um, to our situation, uh, maybe to our present day troubles. And so the first one, rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us how to untrouble our hearts. So in John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that he's leaving them. They're frantic. Their hearts are seriously troubled. You know, um, it's kind of like today when we give a loved one over to the to our medical professionals and these caring individuals, yet we can't accompany them. We can't literally advocate for them. Well, the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit is. And Jesus said he gives us his peace. What he's, what he's meaning, I think, is he gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's there, reminds us of everything that Jesus is about and to have hope. And so we have this same promise. The Holy Spirit works in our lives, brings peace in the midst of trouble, helps us to mend our hearts when they're broken. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to teach us peace. And we often desire this, you know, some sort of action step that we can physically enact. Yet when we can't, finding peace or finding um, relief from our troubled hearts is and cannot be our own doing. Now, we need the Holy Spirit, but we also need to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit to be taught over time. And so you could see these times that we're in now, the troubled times of the world, as, as God's teaching moment for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because what Jesus is talking about is something externally, something outside of us will give us the ability to untrouble our hearts. And we thank and praise God for that gift. The second thing is that she writes, the title, actively remind yourself to not be troubled. Well, you know, doesn't that seem like a full-time job these days? You see, we can't fabricate, you know, no trouble in our lives. Because again, that's just not part of life. But what we can do is intentionally remind ourselves that we need to replace that worry and those troubled hearts with something else. Now, today is a great time to replace the great memories we have of moms. I mean, I know they're not all great all the time, you know, and I don't want to get into all that, you know, kind of, you know, uh, part of Mother's Day. But Mother's Day is really, really important to use to actively remind ourselves because a lot of times you know we learn how to intentionally remind ourselves to not be troubled a lot of times by our moms and actually both parents and so use those things draw on those memories when you saw this you know troubled world and and maybe how you know the positive things that particularly your moms or your dads or anyone that influenced your life and nurtured you along the way, think on how that, um, you know, 
and, and how that went in your life. Um, you know, there's many moments that I can draw upon when, you know, at times when I know my dad was troubled with the way things were going on in school um, and so forth uh, because he was involved in the school system and my mom was able to untrouble um, that, particularly at the end of the day. And simple things, just like being present. Um, and uh, and things seemed to be calmer for him and for us. And then there were times when my mom was troubled and my dad did the same. And so draw on those times. You see, we have to remind ourselves that our heart, number one, should not be troubled for very long. And we should be reminded that God cares for us. And a lot of times... He sends people in our life to intercede on his behalf to care for us. And so in these moments, we, we take the truth of Jesus, interject those, and break through the fear and trouble in our lives. But we can actively choose, and it's a choice, actively choose to remind ourselves of the truth of Jesus Christ, deliverance particularly, redemption and salvation, by speaking it into our minds or actually saying that out loud, Jesus, I'm in this boat. You're here. Why are you sleeping? And he gets up and he says, storm, be calm. And the storm calms down. It's okay to ask Jesus to help you. But actively remind yourself not to be troubled. The third thing is stop and pray immediately and consistently. We're already doing that. And so you know, praise and thanksgiving for this moment, which is really a terrible moment, yet I think has thrust us into a really much more active prayer life than we had before. And so um, we're learning those healthy ways. We can ease our troubled hearts by placing everything at God, including our anger, our joy, our frustrations, um, our congratulations, our um you know, uh, witness to others and concern for others. Prayer is about a time to change. Change our situation, your situation, our hearts, and the world. Now, the one thing about prayer is you do not have to hold back anything that's worrying you. God can handle it. So, in prayer, you can actually freely just fall completely apart. Share things that you would never utter to anyone, anytime, anywhere out loud. Two reasons. One is it's really cathartic and it will make you feel good. Second reason is God already knows what you're thinking. So don't hold anything back. He wants you to put all your burdens at his feet and actually share them, verbalize them. You don't know how healthy that is until you try it, so try it. And I always knew that the idea of praying would continually rise in our life, and particularly when the rest of life kind of goes crazy. So pray as often as you need to, wherever you are, even if you're in your car. I mean, you know, we're about to have hands-free um, cell phone requirements in Indiana on July 1st. You know, 
you've never needed a vehicle like a mobile phone to talk to God. It's always been hands-free. So think about that. The fourth thing is Holy Scripture. Use Holy Scripture to remind you of the promises of God. We believe the Bible is the true word, the inspired word of God. It shows us everywhere Christ, and we should consult it. We should read it. We should study it often. You see, disciples study the Bible daily. See, we know probably general truths of the Bible. God will provide our daily bread. God will be present. You know, God will take care of us and protect us. We should actually know how God promises and why God promises to care for us and provide for us. A classic example, but it's really true. Every every time you see a rainbow in the sky or printed anywhere, but particularly God's bow, God's rainbow in the sky, that is a sign that he gave to Noah and all God's people. That sign proves God's promises. You see, our greatest defense is a Holy Scripture offense. Our greatest defense against the worries and troubles of today are a Holy Scripture offense. See, it's through the word of God that we renew our minds. We replace these negative thoughts that are feeding our troubled hearts and any of the falsehoods of misinformation. And we go directly to God. The word of God has power in your life and mine. For that power to be active and activated, we actually have to know the word of God. And I know this seems to kind of liken back to school or maybe to confirmation class. But it doesn't hurt to try memorizing a few verses and speaking them out loud. You see, in the moments of trouble and worry, you'll be ready to renew your heart by speaking scripture by yourself to yourself. Jesus did that when he was in the wilderness for 40 days. Famished, near starvation, he could still draw upon the word of God to impress on the devil who was tempting him and trying to trouble his heart with Holy Scripture. And then one last thing. Jesus never intends for our hearts to be worried or troubled. You see, trouble and worry are part of life, yes, but, but Jesus knows and wants us to be healthy. So it's not productive or faithful to be in a troubled heart place for very long, if at all. You and I can choose to follow and emulate Jesus to achieve a present peace in the midst of trouble. 
And so one day when Jesus does return, we know we will be free of all trouble. But we don't have to wait for that day to love ourselves, our neighbors, and to rest in his peace with clear and untroubled hearts. You see, he's preparing a place for us, as we heard in the gospel this morning. And today is the day of resurrection. So the end party is being primed. A place is being prepared. Why are your hearts troubled? For Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.